0: Welcome into the Waiver Fire podcast, bonus edition. So excited. We have Robinson, an old comrade here, a very similar Harry Potter fan. Maybe. We'll see. We'll, we'll determine. Yeah, we'll see. Who's but we've say? talked about this. You know, we're going to be talking Harry Potter tonight. It's been a long time coming. We've kind of dabbled in our relationships, you know. We both understand we enjoy the the topic, yeah. And we're going to talk about what how how it's kind of a uh, been a part of our lives, favorite moments and shit, and just kind of a uh, talk through it, man. But Robinson, really appreciate you being on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I would say that I think it's like the defining piece of media from our for our generation. So definitely been with us all the way.
0: I was peeking at, you know, if it if it happened to be any certain year in 2023. I saw that uh Sorcerer's Stone the book in America was released 25 years ago. So that kind of uh that dates us a little bit, it is what it is. We're old now. But you're right, man. It uh it came out at a moment where the world was hungry something like that and for us to be at that age when it came out was was pretty special but uh let's start with you man talk to me a little bit about how harry found you and uh and kind of your pathway of uh of what it, it was like for you throughout like your teens and whatnot
1: yeah i got a pretty specific origin story for how the first book made it to me which is uh you know so this is like what you're saying it's like 98 or so when it's coming out. So you know, second or third grade. This is I was I was living in upstate New York. In my class, we had a I believe it was like a Black History Month poetry contest, a citywide. This is this, this. Bear with me here. So a citywide Black History Month poetry contest, and I win. I want to say third place. Bro. Yeah. Thank you. Claps. Yeah, I, I don't know if we have the uh, physical record of the winnings or the, or the poem, but I got to be on local television and I think I read my poem on local television and the prize for winning third place was a $15 gift card to a local bookstore. And so at the time, the books that were really popping off for me were Animorphs. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those. Sure. I
0: I dabbled, but just a, you know, yeah the periphery
1: for some reason well i love those but for some reason my parents thought they were trash i don't know <laughs> i don't know why but they did not respect the the animal genre or series whatever you call it so i don't remember I the, them
0: perfectly but the the covers i mean these people are looking like 18 right i mean they the
1: cover they like, they're basically they're teenagers i want to say yeah, like probably they're younger teenagers. than that, probably like 14 are they 14 okay I don't remember exactly. I haven't read them since, since Harry Potter, but basically um, the whole point of the premise of animals for a quick aside is that they're kids who can turn into animals. Yes. If they like touch an animal, they can like gain the, they can gain that identity and then they can be like, Oh, I can be a cat or a, or a girl. My point Um, is,
0: you know, it's 14, 15 year olds, second grader, you know, as a parent, I might be like, nah, dude, like, Come
1: on. Yeah, I don't know if it was an age thing or if they just huh. thought they were like just trash. Done. I don't I don't know. Yeah, just like two they were too genre Robinson, for them or something. You I don't need know. Better art in your life. I mean, I can I would almost guarantee I would I've not like I said, I haven't <laughs> looked at the page in a while, but I would almost yeah. guarantee that the, the prose is is low qual. But, I mean um, I think
0: your parents are dead on, but but keep going. So so it was <laughs> yeah, kind so of like either we're, or. we're in
1: the bookstore mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, fifteen dollars. An books are pretty cheap. They're like $6.99. Woo! I can get two. I was planning on getting two. My parents were like really discouraging. Like, What about this one? What about this one? Like pulling other things off the shelf trying to get me to pick something else. And the one that they one that they had, I think one of their friends this is very early in the Harry Potter life cycle. So uh, it, I had, it had not crossed my radar at all. And one of their friends had been to England Mm. And heard about it, and it just brought it. Just kind of brought the news over this phenomenon, and so they pulled that off the shelf, and it was like nineteen dollars. So it was more <laughs> than the gift card hardback. Hard, hardback, yeah, yeah. Shit. And they're like, it's brand brand new. They're like, like we'll cover the difference if you pick this one book.
0: Wow! So they and kind uh, of you know, bribed you a little bit.
1: I had my eye on a on a bargain, you know. If I'm getting four extra dollars out of the equation,
0: absolutely too good to
1: turn down. So went with Harry Potter, took it home. I remember trying to read it on my own. It yeah, was maybe like slightly advanced
0: for me at the time. I think so.
1: And so we almost immediately shifted into my dad would read it to me. And we did that anyways with other books. Sure. But um yeah, so we we read it and over the course probably over the next few weeks or whatever, and it just it lit a fire. I don't him. know if
0: this is tmi but how did your dad read it does he really get into that shit or does he read it just flat no, just flat pretty
1: flat i mean definitely not like <laughs> he's not he definitely definitely no accent work yeah definitely i don't think well you know honestly i don't remember the specifics but just he i mean we, we he read to me a lot so it's not i'm not trying to give him any um you know guff <laughs> whatsoever um but i don't Nor think there was wizard a wizard harry of, said hagrid Probably better than that, but uh no no voice modulation. I feel, you, um, I feel you. Yeah. So, anyways, we finished that one. Immediately we're like, there's supposed to be a second one. Who hadn't been published yet in the US.
0: God damn Robinson, England you only in on the front lines yeah. here, man.
1: Yeah. So we got, but my school library had the English version, different cover. Um, and so that's how we read the second one, and then shortly thereafter. It came out in the States when we bought the American version. Bro. I actually, I, I wrote down because I couldn't remember. I could recall how I got every single book. So I, I don't have to go through all of them, but that I, I could go through them all if you want me yeah, to. Yeah,
0: yeah, briefly. But, you know, I, I will get there as well. But, you know, did you, I mean, you said. So, yeah, phenomenon. so the first one comes
1: out and it's starting to become a phenomenon. It like, is. you know, like, I think in this one I've already read two, but it's starting to be like a thing kids would talk about in class. And so my teacher goes, oh, I want to read this to the class because a lot of kids haven't read it yet, and so I actually brought. She read my copy, so I was really, what? I was really giving it to the people. Bro, um, your teacher
0: yeah. read the whole Sorcerer's Stone to the class.
1: I don't know if we made it through the whole thing, but definitely read a solid chunk of it. Yeah, Dude.
0: is it? Do you remember the name of the lady? My teacher?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, Miss Lang. Miss Lang.
0: To- Straight up doing God's work right there. (laughs) Oh, my. That's incredible. And you brought your copy in to share the love.
1: Had to. Yeah. So fucking
0: hip of you, Robinson. God damn it.
1: (laughs) Fast forward about a year, and my family is moving to Alabama Ah. from um, upstate New York. And as a bit of very intelligent bribery... The first time I'm ever going to visit Alabama, we're not actually moving yet. This is a couple months before yep. we move. We're driving down to like scope out the scene and like find a, line up a house and stuff like that. And as I get into the car, I'm really not happy. I do not want to go. Um, we get yeah. into the car and my dad's like, do they even have like
0: a... books in Alabama?
1: <laughs> they had <have> Bibles. Um, <laughs> but uh, So we get in the backseat of the car. There's like a pillow, you know. I've got my little setup for my long drive ahead of me, and my dad's like, "Check under the pillow." Prisoner of Azkaban. Wow! So very, very, uh, very G move from him. Oh, Your
0: dad is so tight, man. (laughs) My God, you're feeling all down and shit right at the car itself. Yep. Yep. What a showman! My goodness, (laughs) and and obviously, dude. It would have been so devastating if Prisoner of Man sucked. That book is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's a great one. the um, One of the, we'll one of the top, of of course. top five.
0: <laughs> we'll get into our moments and shit, but for it to be that one. You know, for me, we'll get there, but Chamber of Secrets, not my favorite. If it had been Chamber yeah. and I was all hype, I would have still enjoyed, because I do enjoy the book, but sure. it wouldn't have been as peak as Prisoner on a Long Drive. Oh yeah. man, with some like chips. Oh, <laughs> I'm pumped some for corn you.
1: nuts. I- <laughs> maybe some wine punch.
0: Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. I don't, I don't know when it started to become a midnight release thing.
1: I can tell you for me. I can tell Give me you a taste. It was the fourth book. Really? Did I Goblet
0: went, start doing that?
1: Goblet. I went to the Books a Million on Opelika Road, and with my elementary school librarian. So this was the summer before fifth grade, I think. And my librarian was like, I'm, she was a huge Harry Potter fan. I was like the biggest Harry Potter fan in the school, you know? So like she, we, we bonded um, and she was like, uh, do you want to, we're going to go to this midnight release thing. Do you want to come with us? So I went with her wow, and so that was the first grade. time I did it. Yeah. Um, so tight. My parents were definitely like, we don't want to do that. So that's, they were, I think, happy to, if I was, if, you know, Harry Potter was just so big for me that it was like, it was like that or baseball. It was like all I really knew. Yeah. About,
0: so. Wow. Your your teacher says, I'll take you to a midnight release. The parents are like, thank God. Go. <laughs> Don't bring him back till school tomorrow. Now I'm teasing. That's, that's. But I mean, yeah. Well,
1: I think it was I, the summer, but yeah.
0: Oh, oh Gotcha. Gotcha. And then each one you must have probably you must have stamped the the it midnight release for each of, the definitely rest of them. Definitely
1: had the midnight release for yeah. all of them after that. There was definitely another Book Samillion. There was a Hastings in there in the mix. And then yeah. I think the last seventh book I remember very clearly being the uh, Book Samillion, at Tiger Town and outside of Auburn.
0: And and we'll get to the movies as well, but obviously the movies staggered throughout throughout the books. Um you know, yeah, I you think 01, get into like opinion movie? or whatever, but just in terms of your viewing, did you did you smash the theater for each?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Man,
0: it's a different it's a different uh, origin story for me. Yours is much more much more hot and bothered, and I'm so excited <laughs> by that. I'll tell you mine briefly. Yeah. You're really the guest of honor here. So, I was basically like the biggest loser for for you know as a kid and and knew not nothing about pop culture or what was happening in the world it got until mid 2000 maybe even early 2001 i think the rumblings of a movie were like getting underway and when that teaser dropped I think probably a teaser, and like it was like whoa, because obviously to your point, the books were a huge success already. That's what spurs the movie or whatever. And I had no idea what Harry Potter was that that wasn't even in my um, language there. And so uh, it's it's early, and so I'm ten or whatever, and I'm at Boy Scouts trying to rep a little bit. In the 15-year-old Boy Scouts who are just like, you know, they're idols. You know, I, I don't know. But when I was 10 years old, I was like, dude, the 15-year-olds are like the coolest people in the world. They're chatting about it. And me being like the dumb young kids, like, what, what's Harry Potter? And they're like, bro, are you serious <laughs> right now? Like, I think Goblet of Fire had come out. So, you know, post-Goblet, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a full-on, like, if you haven't even heard of it, it's like you haven't heard of God, you know? which
1: goblet's also a pretty big level up from all the books that came before in terms of girth and so yeah. i feel like it's it's kind of a rite of passage at least for our generation of like if you can read a book that's that many pages that's like you're legit it's
0: a great you're call, grown up <laughs> it's an absolute great call and i was so and so i just kind of asked him for like you know the ten thousand foot flyby of what what hp was and i i didn't really understand what they were talking about man i was like okay whatever But I very quickly hopped on to the books. I think it was a a Hastings special by that point. You know, you could probably get the first three for whatever on paperback. And just torched them. Like it wasn't, and it was awesome. It was like the series, obviously it was only three books, but it was as if your favorite television show had released all of its series and you could just beef that bitch. And I got... Through all three at ten years old, and you know it's one of those things that Harry starts off as a ten-year-old boy or whatever, and so you you just you you live so vicariously through that, and you you live through all of his great successes and triumphs, and of course it's just so it's so dank about his friendships or whatever. Obviously, wouldn't want to actually be him having dead parents. That's tragic, and he has a lot of tragedy or whatever among other things. But at the time, you're you're almost I hate. Hate to say it, but you almost like believe in magic a little bit.
1: You're like, oh, absolutely.
0: Could, could it be real? Could it?
1: I think because what in the he gets his letter when he's 11. I want to say on the dot. Yeah. So I think there was. I had a solid two and a half years of thinking. You never know.
0: Exactly.
1: You never know. Exactly. That letter could be coming. <laughs> you know, That's like, what I, don't I was... think it will. But you never
0: know. It, bro, exactly. Because you read it at eight. You know, I read it at 10. My birthday was quickly approaching. And I was like, oh. And then it's like, nah, you know, the cold water gets doused on you real quick. But it's a it's a it was a special feeling, of course. Yeah. And so then and so it was really honestly, I guess, because of that movie coming out that just finally pushed it so much in the forefront that even I got a taste. And then to your I don't think, I, well, I guess, obviously, it didn't. Goblet of Fire had already been released, so I chowed through. I must have chowed through all four real quick. Goblet of Fire, maybe I Maybe I did kind of look at the girth and was like, mm, I'm going to wait on that, I guess. You know, that's, that's pretty intense. And obviously, Harry's 14 at that time, and going through some stuff that, I think Prisoner of Azkaban, like, it goes into some dark stuff. Yeah. but it doesn't go into like unrelatable territory of like relationships and you know stuff as like a 11 year old it's like at least for me that wasn't in my life. So anyways, yeah. I think I think 5 through um 5 through 7 I did I did go through the the midnight releases and I want to say I watched all of the movies in theater, but I can't promise that, honestly. The only theater trips I remember are definitely five through seven, um, which is weird. I don't really know why one through four don't stick out to me. I also think at the time Lord of the Rings was coming out, and to me, those movies were just like the biggest hype. It was it definitely... Well, this, yeah.
1: It's going to be a little bit of a spoiler for probably future conversations, future parts of this conversation. But I mean, those are way better movies.
0: (laughs) Way better for sure. And for me, having not really had Harry Potter for like three years of my life, you know, to build up that expectation, I was just like, yeah, this is like way doper or whatever. Interestingly enough, never pushed me to read the Lord of the Rings books until I was like 25, which is just kind of weird. But, uh, Anyways, so that was... I read those old... about
1: the same time. I read those in sixth, sixth grade when Sorry. the movies started coming out. Oh, interesting. I had, interesting. The, I had the, the Harry Potter effect that you had, movies coming out. It was kind of the Lord of the Rings effect for me. But those yeah. books, I was kind of like a vice versa. I think the books, this is just a quick Lord of the Rings tangent, but sure. the movies kind of rip and the books are just pretty slow, especially for a sixth grade reader. So I,
0: I couldn't agree more, man. The, the movies definitely, Trump and, and Peter Jackson made a lot of good choices i'll just leave it there
1: he did some trimming
0: man so um, that's that's the origin story and we can take it from it wherever we want at this point you know i sent you some over stuff about what's favorites uh you know favorite moments either with the books or whatnot but but i'll turn it to you for whatever you want to dive into
1: oh uh, i think i'll just quickly touch on a couple of things that made me think of what you were describing sure. so i very clearly remember that first movie coming out mm. so i think we were in sixth grade and um yeah my best friend at the time this kid michael who ended up moving like later that year but he he, his dad checked him out of school so they could go see the first showing of harry potter like at noon on a friday so and tight. i was just so enraged oh dude he's jealousy. not a friend
0: after that he's not a friend yeah, after i think that.
1: i was going to like the 5 p.m show you know I, I was going that night but it was the fact that he had already seen it it was just oh i was so jealous uh, was, uh, yeah. So, anyways, but I and I I loved the movie at the time. Bro. I think I already had beef with it though. Like, I think I have beef with all the movies. But even in, as a, because I was, I sh- the other thing I was gonna say is I read these books over and over and over Did again. you? I was
0: gonna ask. So
1: I, I think I've probably read the first book more than any other book in my life. It's probably been like over like fifty times.
0: Is it? I was gonna say fifty. That's kind <laughs> of a joke. Is it over? Yeah. 50?
1: I would think it's in that range. I don't know exactly, but I used to know exactly how many times. But it's you know, and most of those times happen between the ages of like eight and sixteen. You know, I I would just read it a lot,
0: like multiple times a year.
1: And so I was going into the movie and I was just immediately being like, this is different. This is di- Where's P? Oh. You know? Like, where is this bit of dialogue is different? Like, oh, they're cutting this thing out. Oh, the... are too
0: young for that, Robinson. Sixth grade, no, I, you were was, so analytical.
1: I was, I was so locked into this book. Oh, I, like I, said, I it. hate that. So it was... I still liked the movie. I did enjoy it. Yeah. But I... I think that I've always sort of taken the movies with a grain of salt. Sure. And I and I actually think reflecting back on it, I enjoy the earlier movies, like the first four movies way more than the last four. Of course. But, of course. Yeah.
0: Man, that's that's a shame that you were just so impassioned that I, I wasn't sure, you know, obviously at our age, you have to bring in those kind of compare and contrast whenever you're watching something like that. I think of Watchmen for me, you know, that was definitely like I, I unfortunately couldn't fully enjoy because you're doing that stuff i was hoping maybe you kind of slipped under that but if you read it fucking 40 times before you watched the movie maybe i i think i'm sitting up for for sorcerer's stone i think i'm sitting at probably like 10 times i've read it you know probably like seven for myself and then three attempts with with the young kids but um boy 50 is is steep it's, it's excessive. <laughs> and
1: it's like, it kind of, you know, it's like, it's like a staircase. So it's like the first book is like 50 and the next yeah. one's maybe like 40 and then, you know, uh, there's, yeah. So and I think I've only read the last book. Like I want to say only, you know, only yeah. like uh four to five times, but.
0: I'm in that range yeah. as well. I, I think I have a more flatter, you know, if I'm going to dive in, I kind of, I kind of go through it. I will, we'll get to this, but I do kind of skip some chunks where I, I either know it by verse or whatever, or I just simply don't like it. But the thing with that first book, man, is it's just so tight. It's just. Oh
1: yeah. A it flies.
0: Perfect. I mean, I, not to say that every moment is like just some glory or whatever, but it's just so tight and it just moves like the wind, you know, and it, and it's, it's just so easy to get through. Um,
1: it, is, it is pretty funny when you think about how they all, I mean, book seven is a little different, but books one through six are all basically chronicling an equal amount of time in each book. It's right. like essentially a year and the the brevity really goes out the window after about book. I mean, it's really like one and two are about the same and then the trickle starts and then four is like, boom. And then five is like, boom. Yeah. So it
0: does, you know, the, this is a little off topic, I guess, but it, each of them do have their moments where it's maybe, you know, temporally like, whatever, January. And then it's like, boom, it's, it's April, but whatever they all have those, but you're right. I mean, just the, yeah. the diving in or whatever that said, you've read, you've read the the first one the most, but, but which one is your favorite, you know, which one either from a nostalgic perspective or kind of looking back now as a grown up. you know, which one do you prefer if you were to be forced to read one, you know, you can take that question however you want it.
1: I think I've always pretty much said that Goblet of Fire, book four, is my favorite, and that's also my favorite movie. For what it's worth, I think I just like the. There's a couple different. I was thinking about this, and I think there's a couple different reasons. One, I think that the Triwizard Tournament as a concept is kind of dope. <laughs> um, it also, after three books of like relatively similar kind of plotting right. of a school year, it kind of mixes it up, introduces a bunch of new characters into the mix. It's a lot more dense. It's a lot more dark um and there's a really big kind of twist at the end with you know the return of Voldemort. i also think that that book starts out with a pretty big chunk about the quidditch world cup which is really like the first i, th- I think i th- i mean we got, we've we gotten like peaks into the more like non-schooling wizarding world but that's like the deepest dive into the out into the you know, adult wizarding world yet. And I think that that part just really is very fixed in my memory of just all the little things like the magical tents and all the little souvenirs they buy at the at the stadium and the port keys and, you know, just all that, all that stuff. It's like there's so much world building in that first chunk of that book that really uh sticks with you. And Especially- so, yeah, that one...
0: You know yeah, Harry's sorry. Harry's passion towards Quidditch is just so electric, and and it, you know it's a game we've never seen. It's a game that doesn't exist, and yet by the time that you realize, come the beginning of that book, you know there's there's little teasings between the Weasleys about what's going to happen, and when you realize, like, oh, we're going to the the World Series to put it in baseball terms of quidditch it's so hype man like wow we're not having some pardon me some dumb little dobby intro like preschool uh dobby bullshit even in prisoner we're not just doing some kind of somewhat lame like meeting the minister of magic offhand and having some trouble. i mean this was like the dopest hypest beginning for sure and was it was it your favorite at that time or is that just kind of looking back
1: it's hard for me to remember to be honest um i i was probably a little bit scared of it at the time if i had to think but especially at the end um which could be a reason why it's stuck in my memory so much it's just more intense and there's also just a lot going on and um yeah so i don't uh i don't know i don't know i think I think the first one was probably my favorite for a while. Um, but yeah. you also when you're a little kid, it's kind of like the newest thing is usually your favorite thing. So um, I think, but I, it's been pretty consistently my favorite for since, you know, as long as I can recall.
0: Yeah. I think at the time when I grabbed the seventh at the midnight and it, it, bro, for whatever reason, I recall that it was not released on a Friday. It was a it was a school day, and I'm seven. Pretty, I'm pretty
1: positive. No, no, it was the summer. I I remember that pretty clearly. Pretty sure it was like July oh six.
0: You sure about that, man?
1: No. The only no. reason
0: I say that is because I I'm pretty I I was it six? No, dude, it must have been seven that I read right before school.
1: July 21st, 2007. What? Uh, what about 6? Six? July 16, 2005. July as well.
0: Wow. It must have been I no think they school. knew what they
1: were doing with the summer. Thing. I just think they knew those midnight releases wouldn't have gone quite as well if kids had school. So.
0: Wow. Because I, so what? right when I got, I remember with 6, I got at midnight. I read like an hour's worth. And it was, I mean, I didn't put it down just because I didn't like it, but I was just like, I'm fucking exhausted, man. Like I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow. Maybe because it was summer vibes or whatever, but the seventh one, man, I couldn't put it down. And I just, I read it straight through until whatever eight, nine in the morning, 10 in the morning. And so I just plowed through it. And I, and I thought I was in heaven Robinson. I thought not to say that it's like a perfect book, but yeah. I thought that they did. I thought that, you know, I was nervous, you know, how many times have we gotten to the last of anything of a series of a book? And it's just a, a stinker. Sure. And I I thought particularly at that time, I was like, this is just so dope right here, whatever. It, it, I think it's so hard to conclude something. And so I was giving it some grace and I just loved it. And, So being in bed at like four in the morning and just kind of giggling to myself that this was real or whatever. And it was just so special. And then, you know, you wake up in the morning and I guess I had remembered, I thought like going to school and talking about, it It must've just been like talking to friends, like the next day or whatever, like just hanging out. Yeah. Just all, all of us kind of being like nervous about asking like how far each other, you know, is (laughs) not wanting to spoil or whatever. And also being like, I'm almost like a little ashamed that I chomped through it, you know, without sleeping oh. or
1: whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I did a similar thing. So, you know, like I said, I read books one through four with my dad. My dad would read them to me. And after book four was when I think I was kind of old enough that I just wanted, my, well, the pace wasn't good enough for me that that reading out loud takes a long time. So yeah, book five is when I started reading it straight through. Um, and I remember, weirdly enough, getting that one the midnight release was the night before my family was leaving to go on a wow. cruise. Wow. And we were, the cruise was like my entire um, extended family leaving from Galveston, Texas. And we were driving from Alabama to Galveston and I picked it up the night before. And then I read the entire book in the car the next day. Like I finished it and I was just like totally, absolutely distraught by like, oh. at the end of that book. Because oh. it's a crazy ending, you know. Series crazy. dies and yeah. and the ministry fight, and I was just like, and I, there was literally zero people I could talk to about it because oh. it came out one day before. There's no texting. There's no. <laughs> right. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a right. computer. I was on vacation, oh, so I was just like, oh. and my parents didn't care <laughs> they never hadn't fuck. read it. Yeah, and so yeah, so that your worked, dad worked reads that.
0: you all four books. And just doesn't give a shit about it. It's just no, th- like, uh,
1: you know, he just hadn't read it. Yet. <laughs> I, it literally came out the day before, oh, and so right didn't read the. Fifth, I read right. it all in a day, so there was no one else who had read it because I my my fire burned too hot. Your uh, your dad
0: was like, "Don't spoil it for me. I want to read it."
1: Yeah, Whoa. I think I think, or I think if I had said what had happened, he would have just been like, "Okay." I mean, like, you know, just oh. without the context, I think it just wouldn't have been as powerful. I see. Um, I see. But Man. yeah, then. Number six, I remember pretty specifically because that was the first time I really encountered spoilers. I was, by by the time six came out, I think we just said it came out in 05, I was like so fucked much
0: up, man! a
1: citizen of the internet at that time.
0: Oh! And,
1: and I, the, oh, no. it was like impossible, like the day before, the few days before, like the Snape kills Dumbledore right. was just like a, the, a proto-meme. You know, so that was that was going around. So I definitely remember that getting spoiled and just kind of being in denial about it, and then, you know, anyways, it ended up being the thing. <laughs> no, being real, dude, no. And then, I, not s- to
0: stop you, but just just to get my okay, take okay. on that one. Thankfully, my it's <laughs> it's one of those memories is again blurred a little bit. It's like it's like I'm. um slughorn like repressing like what actually happened or whatever <laughs> like for real it's it's a little blurred i remember the sixth midnight release i mean it was popping off man hastings was blowing up with people
1: i was definitely at hastings for that yep.
0: tiger town had was it books a million i don't remember yeah which one had. Was it Barnes and Noble? Regardless. No, it was Books, a million. Yeah, yeah. Books a million similarly popping off. And it was almost like, hey, which one are you going to be at or whatever? Like friends are getting together. I'm pretty sure I hit Hastings. And Drew Smith and Aubrey were fucking going around handing people. Thankfully, they weren't shouting. Dude, from what This I was heard. for
1: the seventh book. I was about to tell the story. Was it seventh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was about to tell the story. Oh wow. I, wow. See again they were, my memory They had blurred. a list of every person oh, who died. Oh true. In, in in book seven, there's a lot of people that die. So are you
0: sure they didn't do it for the snake kill Dumbledore?
1: I'm well, I just remember Drew telling me that he was gonna do that for seven because he had somehow I think like a PDF of it leaked.
0: Yeah, it or did. something. Yeah.
1: And he had he downloaded it and he read it all in like a day. And just he did it, he read it all just to figure out who died. Jesus. wrote down a list of all the characters that died and i my, my recollection you said handing people my recollection was he was sticking under people's windshield wipers in the wow. parking lot outside dude. of like hastings or whatever wow. and i was just like dude that's so messed up if you tell me i will be so pissed at you you cannot tell me and he didn't he didn't um Good on yeah him. i remember just being like that was i couldn't believe how Casually cruel
0: that was. What a fucking asshole! See, I remember <laughs> for some reason on six, may- maybe it was just seven. I remember six for sure though. At least somebody was kind of going around Hastings, and it was like a, a kind of a ripple. Like people were yeah. like, "Get out, get out!" Almost like that. Yeah. Like, don't hear it. Like, go. Yeah. So we bolted, man. We left at like 40 or whatever, and wow. and went to Tiger Town just to avoid the the spoiling of whatever. And yeah. again, to to the slughorn memory thing, I want to say that I actually like heard Snape kills Dumbledore. I think I heard that, but I just like was in full on like block mode that I, I was like, oh, no, 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 whatever. That's just like dumb shit or whatever. Yeah. And so by the time I got to there, I think that I had like f- like, you know, like Star Wars like force powered it out of my head or whatever. And I was able to like enjoy the moment. But yeah, man, the spoilers thing—that was just so crazy that it was such a phenomenon, and people were so fucking twisted that that was something that that they wanted to do or whatever. And yeah, yeah. times, man, wild times. And it's
1: it's it's fun. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that could really only—well, not. I guess that's maybe the, the right way of saying. It. I was going to say it could only happen like in that moment. But just like you know, if you are a little kid going to that, you know, you're probably not gonna. Unless someone is literally shouting it at the party at the midnight release party. Right. You're probably not gonna run into it or something. Now I guess the kid could probably just would just it's on Wikipedia or something. But yeah. um yeah, at the time it was it was it was tough. I I managed to not I don't think I got anything. Maybe the only one I think maybe got spoiled for me was that Hedwig died.
0: Yeah. That was big. <laughs> that was a big one. You know, the weird thing I I guess maybe it's just a me thing, but <clears throat> the deaths of the characters, even one even one such as Snape killing Dumbledore, like, it doesn't do much for me, I guess. Like, it's such a, tri- for me, it's such a trivial part of, like, the experience, you know? And maybe I'm just kind of, like, cold towards it all, but Hedwig dying, Dobby dying. For me, I know that, you know, whatever. Fred, I believe it's Fred. Does Fred? Yeah, Fred. Fred. Dies. Like, a, I know a lot of people the next day were like, crying over like fred dying dude for me it was like whatever i mean that sucks or whatever but i just the deaths don't do it for me what does it for me for the series is just all of the the dope shit i don't know how to say it more than that but like you said the world building the relationships and the kind of cleverness of what's happening and i don't know so so those spoilers even if i had heard them don't really care i guess it's just kind of interesting yeah i
1: mean i think i i generally agree that the deaths are not like the most important things that happen i think for this one though having as i've just explained this was basically you know this is i guess over the course of about nine years of my life yeah over half of my life at the time totally defined my personality (laughs) essentially And so if I, that's why I was basically like, dude, to Drew, I was like, you, it would be so messed up if you did, if you told me this, like, I (laughs) cannot explain how angry I would be. And so it was not like, I agree that it's not like the depths are not what makes the books interesting, but Mm. it's just, you know, waiting that, reaching the end of something so momentous and then having a bunch of like big moments undercut was just would have really not been cool. No, no, that's, that's totally not. fair
0: but that but that seventh that seventh book that reading till 9 a.m or whatever at the time i was like this was my favorite experience with the novels but mm. i do think looking back and having reread them four or five times i do think that half <clears> this <throat> is the one that does it for me the most i just i love so much of the intrigue and I'm just a huge sucker for the Snape arc in general, and and the flashbacks, and and we'll get, kind of get into favorite moments or whatever. But another thing that's so big about it is that the arc of Dumbledore's relationship with Harry, I think, is just so well done. Where you know you start, and where do we get Dumbledore first? We get him from fucking Chocolate page, Frog page one, dude. Oh no, yeah, no, no, that. But on. I mean, Harry's. Harry's understanding of Dumbledore is that he's like the headmaster from maybe he gets the letter from uh,
1: Dumbledore, I think, or I think the letter is sent by McGonagall. Mm. So I think it's the
0: chocolate frog, maybe, or whatever. I'm not exactly sure, but it starts very small and distant. Right. And you've got this kind of like superior power. And then you start kind of learning a little bit about how dope he is or whatever, but he's still like kind of a kooky guy towards Harry, and then you yeah. don't really get it until he squares off with Voldemort in in number five, and that's just like wow. But then when you go into six and you start to get those kind of one on one missions where they're yep. exploring the memories and and they're actually like and then and then it's like oh he's gonna take me to go try to find one like that's what that's what's just so so awesome to me. I I love that so much. And then of course you get the, the Snape revealing of, you know, Harry's reading through this Half-Blood Prince book, which kind of has similarities towards the um, Chamber of Secrets book, but it's, it's much more tangible and realistic. And so it's like, I can relate to that. And then you realize that it's the big baddie the whole time. And it's just, for a for a book of its length and especially coming off of order, which I liked some bits of order, but I I staunchly think it's it kind of competes with Chamber for me for like worst same but I guess I I guess I give order the nod just because I do think it does some important things really well whereas Chamber is just kind of fluff in my opinion but um
1: I think it also yeah, this is an aside, but I think order of the Phoenix also has really high highs but then it's really long and it had some low lows too.
0: Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. And so coming off of that to have such a similar, you know, it's, it's way longer than the first one, but I see the sixth one as a tight book. It really, it, there's not a ton of fluff and it's just tight. So I look back. kind of think,
1: returned to form a little bit. It, it's more like books. One, two, three, in that sense. It Yeah. It's tighter. It's more grounded in just the school year. Um, and it's so I, you can, I mean, looking back on it now, I don't know if this is how like she intended it when she was writing it, but it's kind of like the it's like giving it one last perfect school book before seven just totally leaves the the school setting or something.
0: That's a great call, man. You're right. And that relationship to the school, it's so wild that that was kind of taken away. Obviously, we do come back towards the end of seven, but it's like, wow, can you have a Hogwarts? I mean, a, can you have a Harry Potter book without that? Very bold of the seventh book, but yeah, you're right. The six gives you that last little bit of like I'm an actual student, or whatever. So that's that's my favorite.
1: Um, yeah, I i I've, I've, you know I I used to probably have my list a lot more dialed in than I do true. now, but I think six is is definitely one of my favorites. You know, three, four, six, probably. Like I I, I agree with everything you said about one earlier, but it just has less going on than those three. Um, so those three are definitely. And, and the thing about Seven for me, um, I really felt the absence of the Hogwarts thing. And I do think it's a great book. And I read it in a similar way. I took it home from that midnight release. I think I read until about 4 a.m., slept for like three hours, woke up and read it until I finished. I finished like whatever, 12 hours later or something. Um, and I loved it. I was I was crying in various moments and just really I was totally I loved it. But I was also at the time just being like, man, no hogwarts this is brutal like i thought i would have one last ride it's like you know when you realize the best times are already behind you man um yeah a little little uh they're sweet
0: for sure it's a little bit too mature of what's going on you know like where can yeah. we can we kind of dance around the maturity a little bit more <laughs> and kind of revel in in the pure magic or whatever for sure you know i think looking you know Today, if you asked me, I'd probably slot seven in like, shit, behind six, behind one for me, behind four, and it's a question between Prisoner and, man, I I honestly, for some reason, I haven't read Prisoner for a while. I've seen the movies actually a few times in between having last read, so I can't exactly recall, but, you know, to get into favorite moments, it's a great transition to favorite moments because... One of my early favorite moments is is the bequeathing of the Marauders map. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just it comes out of nowhere. You've got Harry in three, then three, yeah, and you you get you have Harry who can't go to the little village next to whatever Hogsmead. You know, Hogsmead, he can't go and and he's it's like one of the first moments where he's like legitimately upset about this like books one i mean there's darkness of course but you kind of get him where he's getting like a little moody about this whole situation and the twins swoop in and hand him like the dopest thing ever and with a with an old like Harry it's all good like we don't need this anymore. We we've got it fucking memorized and we're all powerful. Like it's it's there's so many things going on there that are just dope. And then yeah. throughout the book as you realize that it was his father's creation with his old bros, like there's so much sentimental like um powerful emotions going on there that 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 was a moment and i guess it's not one moment cuz it does kind of unravel and you've got like you've got um lupin taking the map back and realizing what harry has had in his possession and so there's that play of like it's it's real that that i that was one of my and honestly it i know it's not like a huge moment when you look at like again the deaths and all of like the big t- twists or turns but to me it might be like a top 5 favorite moment of the series i think it's just so cool and then to to kind of you know wrap that up the way that the movie handled that fine but doesn't capture that didn't capture that like magic that that the books did for me for whatever reason so
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't really, really remember that scene from the movie. But if I, I feel like maybe it was just a little bit breezier, like it was a little faster.
0: They didn't. For, right? What they, they kind of let the book um, viewers, you know, revel in their secret knowledge that Padfoot and Prongs are the, the Danvers. But they don't really hammer it home for the viewer, in my opinion, mm. that that's like Lupin and the old bros. So that's kind of what let was left off the, the screen. Anyway, so that was one of my favorite moments. So, man, I I want to say I think also better than seven.
1: Yeah, I I also think that introduction of Hogsmeade is another key, kind of like the Quidditch World Cup. Mm. It's another one of our first more in-depth views of the non-school wizarding world, and I guess there's Diagon Alley, of course, but like you know, Hogsmeade is like it's a different it's a different vibe, and there's there's pubs and there's the candy shop and, and the, ta- it just like, that's so evocative. And um, it just, I wanted to try butterbeer so bad. You know, not have to read that. You're just like, oh, I just want, this is like, so uh, uh, amazing.
0: Butterbeer didn't, didn't frill me like that. I think chocolate frogs, the, the beans I definitely wanted to dabble in, which of course, I mean, we have jelly beans, but to have like, you know, i don't know those were the ones that well, kind of more did but uh we can actually I
1: was bring this up oh, if okay. i could just
0: finish up the food dialogue real quick you know obviously i i did not i was not raised up like poor or in a cupboard or whatever but when harry gets his first feast and and from then on through the books when he gets his oh and it's you know, Harry, I think that first feast means a lot to Harry, and unfortunately he misses a few of them, but the idea that it's just all of this dope-ass food appearing in front of him as a kid, I was, like, hungry for that. That that was the one where I was Absolutely. like, wow, dude, that's so tight right there. It yeah. is keep going.
1: Yeah, well, I was gonna, like, I, I mean, you can now try a lot of that food. I've, like, I was, uh, the non-book or movie right, sign is the, right. the theme parks, and I've been to. They have it um, in California. They have it in Florida, and I've been to both a couple times. And yeah, the uh, I will say that a lot of the food is better in your imagination. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's one of those things that if they had, I mean, it's so hard because it's such a massive thing. But obvious, and but if they had cu- if they had made that a, a thing like when book five came out or whatever, it would have just been, I would have been much more interested rather than.
1: I will say, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss the parks themselves. I mean, I think they do. They're really cool. It's just like when you eat, when you imagine eating an earwax, earwax jelly bean, it's a (laughs) lot more funny than when you are actually doing it or like a, and the butter beer is like, is pretty toxic. Um, But I just, we don't have to talk about the theme parks, but if you get, if you find yourself in central Florida, Try I think it. the diet, the Diagon alley area is one of the coolest. Uh, it'll blow your mind.
0: That's tight. I, I will definitely yeah. do so. I think just to wrap up favorites, least favorite, I do think my favorite movie at the time, man, at the time it's interesting because those movies had a lot of like weird and we all parallel our lives to like what's happening, but Man, especially when Harry starts having like relationship struggles of uh the Cho variety, I was like, it was hella it's on my list. It was hella awkward for me. Like at that time, you know, it's like I haven't had a lady friend yet, just on the just on the edge of that kind of situation, having been rebuked, you know, a few times, I guess, to get personal <laughs> with it. And so for Harry to get kind of Turned down by Cho for the dance. I know that's like yeah. a just one moment, but just that whole what he's going through. You know, being at the movie theater on a packed movie theater with 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 the bros and with like lady friends there. I was like kind of squirming in my seat a little bit, like this is hitting <laughs> a little too close to home. So I can't say that that was like my favorite movie moment. Honestly, maybe one of my least favorite movie moments in four would have that would have been, been in four yeah I think my favorite movie moment not my favorite movie just moment
1: okay
0: was probably the the Dumbledore Voldemort fight in five because the mm-hmm. movie I I knew going into the movie I was like I don't really this isn't my favorite book but the movie could be pretty redeeming and the CGI and what they do between the actors was just to this day i'll re-watch that scene because i still think it's just so fucking awesome you know when it starts Wait. to get into the hopping into harry's mind or whatever it's okay but just squaring off in the magic that dumbledore and Voldemort pull out feels so appropriately big and on their person also
1: that i think that setting is so cool though the the lobby of the Ministry of magic just the way i mean that's one thing that i think Maybe still, especially more the earlier movies, but they do a great job with the like production design and all the movies, really making all the spaces feel very unique and cool. And that lobby is particularly well done.
0: It is, you know, maybe the the massive minister poster is a little bit too much for me, but but you're right, the aesthetic of the the blackness and the windows and whatever it, it's, if not my favorite movie, one of them for sure. But I think my favorite movie. Is probably number one. I think that number one, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is that I think that the first Dumbledore actor is simply night and day. Unfortunately, I mean, it's like it goes from honestly perfect for me, yeah, Yeah. to like below par, like below average for me, and and so that's just so big, and and honestly, and also. Harry, you know, Daniel Radcliffe for me in the first movie, I think he's perfectly cast. I think he's adorable. I think he's like exactly what I was looking for and could could kind of relate. He's like diminutive, you know, like what he should be. And and he just sucks at you know, in my opinion, just my opinion, from like movies 5 through 7, I think that Daniel just like he looks so old and just kind of sucks as an actor. So that's why I yeah. kind of brought it down for me. Anyways, no, that was kind I, of- I was
1: going to, yeah, I'll get to that. But I was going to quickly, My speak. I already said my favorite book was Four. My favorite movie is also Four. I think I saw
0: Interesting. it at
1: least four or five times. In the
0: wow. Theater. Wow. So because, you know, I was going to ask, obviously, you said with, with movie one, you're doing compare and contrast and kind of not really feeling. With Four, which was your favorite book, you were able to kind of push that away and just embrace it.
1: Who knows, man? It, you know, <laughs> the mind of a child. Yeah. But um, I just remember I have this very distinct – I got obsessed with the soundtrack or, like, the score. Really? Like, and that was probably one of the first – like, and I, I listen to a lot of movie scores now, but oh. that was probably one of the first ones I ever got into. And I had it on my iPod. Yeah. And I would just listen to it for for months nonstop. That was, like, <sighs> all I would listen to. Um, but, yeah. So And then um, one of my favorite moments, though – I think is the whole, maybe more in book five, the Cho Chang romance. I think yeah. like you're saying, like we've been touching on, we aged at roughly the same, we we lined up very well. I aged almost directly trajectory.
0: with it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Same. So being at, at right about that age, it's like, you know, I think he's like 15 in that one. Yeah. I was probably reading it when I was like 13 or 14 Yeah, and just being like, okay like interesting this is how this is going you know <laughs> just like taking notes um and like just kind of more be- more not really taking notes more just being like wow yeah what would that be like to have a girlfriend <laughs> um you know yeah so yeah that's uh so that was a big, your that favorite was my-
0: movie man wow because i do like it i do think that they're they're pretty i mean there's just unfortunately so much from the book that you can't you know strictly adhere to but um wow it's her favorite the only reason i I, yeah the only reason i dock it is because i think that there's some of my favorite book moments from that really revolve around i mean they're small but when the twins have the whole relationship with bagman and i know Mm. that i know a lot of people might not think that because it's so away from harry in that story it's just so kind of random a little bit but the way that the the twins are kind of growing up they're making they're gambling you know on this stuff they get they get fucking hosed by bagmen, and that hurts deep and i feel that pain and then they're kind of harassing him and he's like got dealings with the like, goblins in Hogsmeade and it's like it's so it's so away but I loved it so much and then you've got Harry kind of coming in clutch at the end and giving him like giving them the prize winnings you know because obviously yeah. like he doesn't want to touch it's almost like blood money to him with uh mm-hmm. you know Voldemort Cedric. and everything Cedric and so I just love that. And of course, in, in the movie, you don't get Bagman at all, which maybe is for the best or whatever from a, but anyway, so I kind of have some like some ill will towards the fourth, but it, but it is very good. It is very good.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't even rem- I don't remember the last time I watched it. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it a lot of times, but I don't remember the last time I've seen that one. I've seen the first one more recently. That was, I caught that on TBS yes, probably like a month ago. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I just always loved that one. I think the music was a big thing for me and I thought they did the dry wizard stuff pretty well. And this, and the finals, the, you know, the big set piece at the end where Voldemort comes back is I think pretty well done.
0: So I agree. I agree. Um, let me, I, I do want to like just kind of run through favorite moments, but I do want to get my least favorite moments out of the way. Just, uh, and there, there's not that many, you know, in the books, I know that Umbridge was probably like a necessary evil, but man, I just despise like every. And that's the point. That is the point. But fuck, dude, do I hate slogging through Umbridge's bullshit, especially at a time where Harry's got, and it's coming off of four, where you have Voldemort's return. And so it's like, oh, baby, here's where we start getting, like, good. And then you even start with, like, Order of the Fiends, which, honestly, the unveiling of Sirius's um, house or whatever,
1: whatever. 12 Grimald Place. Yeah. Grimold
0: Place. And then you get there and Harry's kind of angsty. He feels like he's been left out that summer. And they're like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, let's start getting you into this. They start talking about what the order used to be and what it is now. And it's, you've got all these like peripheral adult magicians, like so tight. And then it's like, oh, let's go to school and just have the worst time of our lives for like 300 pages and god i I hate that that's my least favorite section of of the books by far
1: yeah yeah that's fair i I didn't have that on my list but i did have harry being extremely angsty and whiny on my list of least favorite things so super whiny it's and it's funny because he's really only like that for that one book yeah that book it's really permeated with him just feeling left out and all that stuff And, and maybe you know she's like okay let's be a little true to puberty here but it it's not a fun not a fun read no, he does just... two things between umbridge and that it's and it's also the longest one by a considerable margin it's uh, a yeah.
0: i think in 4 he does get a little bit that way when him and ron kind of have outs during the the cup mm-hmm. but it but it's it's so much less in your face and at least at that time I actually kind of love that when, when Ron kind of puts himself out of the picture, Harry and Hermione have a a really a closer relationship during the the cup. And, you know, they train on spells or whatever. Like it's, it's a great thing that happens, but Harry is a little bit starting to be angsty, but then in five, she just like lets the the water flood out. And it's like uh, a little cringy, but anyway, so that's by far my favorite. And then, you know, a couple of things that I, I think some fans really did enjoy that just didn't for me, the whole, like, Dumbledore's army, that's also, maybe I'm just riding off of Umbridge vibes there, but them kind of having, like, a secret, like, training session thing, I think in the idea was, like, kind of cool, but it just it just didn't really work for me, I guess. And it also... You know, I know Harry, thankfully, is kind of being humble throughout it. Like, he's like, I didn't really do much. But the way that they're, like, sucking him off throughout the whole Dumbledore's (laughs) army is, like, a little bit too much for me. Like, bro, you faced him. You're the only one who can show us this shit. I'm just a little exhausted by that. So that wasn't my favorite. Um, I also, God, I'm just talking so much about order here. But I also think that the whole idea of, like, the prophecy was such a poor payoff for that book. Like, I I do think like when it smashed in the um, Ministry of Mysteries, Department of Mysteries. Department
1: of Mysteries, yeah.
0: I thought it was cool. You know, I, I liked how they're hopping into different rooms or whatever. And I thought that was pretty awesome. But at the actual idea of the prophecy and what it kind of gives us, not really in for it. I think that when we find out that Snape was outside the door when the prophecy was being given and he's the one who relays that. I think that's, that's awesome, you know, kind of character insight, but the prophecy itself doesn't do it for me. And then, like I said earlier, the deaths, man, Dobby, first off Dobby in general. I don't wow.
1: Know, dude. Cold hearted, man. I know,
0: man, I feel bad, but like he gets, you know, first impressions are important. And when you start your impression on just being a little shit, preventing him from going to school and just being so whiny and like beating yourself up and getting Harry into trouble, it sets a high bar, man. And you've got to make up ground. And I just don't think he really does it for me. You know, he. But you has- have the
1: whole, by the time he dies, you've had the whole, what's it called, spew. SPW plotline to like Dobby. warm up to him. <laughs> Dobby doesn't even like like Hermione. Remember I, Winky? I just I, I totally forgot about for the character sure. of Winky. No, I huh.
0: I dig spew. I dig that we're going into the kitchens and and that's all good and well. But Dobby himself, you know, being kind of the proud money monger elf, it just doesn't really do it for me. I guess I don't know. Dobby Dobby is kind of could get the axe in my opinion, and it's it's all good. <laughs> And then Fred, you know, Fred and George definitely were some of my favorites. But when he kind of dies a little bit off page.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It, it was it was whatever. Oh. I know. I know. I have to say that because I know that for a lot of people, those are big moments for me could scratch. Through. What about
1: Lupin and Tunks? I mean, we, we're just kind of talking about
0: that's all. you know, that's a, that's a good question. That's a question. pretty
1: brutal one, too, because they have a kid.
0: You know, I think the lasting effect of the kid, you don't you know, the epilogue, I guess, if we want to get there, the epilogue is is fine. I don't, you know, I think at the time I was like a little cringe about it, but on reread, it's okay. But it doesn't really hammer, it tries to, I think, it tries to hammer home the Lupin's kid aspect of it about being kind of godfather now or whatever, but it doesn't really fully. But yeah, man, that's that's a tough loss. I just don't know. You know, there wasn't so much Lupin Tonks maturation by then for me, I guess. Like we, we saw him as a couple a few times and they kind of like briefly like show the ring and they're like, Harry, it's all happy or whatever. But it's not like, I don't know, neither of them were really my favorite characters. So it's it was whatever.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think it's like Lupin's a pretty fun. He's like he's like he's like the cool. I don't know. how How, how do I describe this? He's like the troubled but cool uncle or something. You know, he's like, he's like, you just can't quite get it together. But in this case, he has like a debilitating disease, essentially. Um, Yeah. And then he's just finding happiness and goodness. And there it goes. But I think Sirius
0: is like, um, how should I say it? But like Sirius is wanting to kind of relive the past with Harry being James you know that aspect where he kind of wants Harry and in, in him to be peers and kind of to live he wants to just be like back in the action right I think that that's a much more for me like first off I think it's just darker and I also think that it's a lot more interesting than Sirius is kind of just like oh I hope my kid doesn't have werewolf syndrome or whatever. So so yeah. I just related more to that kind of intense um sadness on on that part. So anyways, so those were just kind of my least favorite moments. I didn't know if you had any least favorite uh book moments.
1: We kind of covered them all. The only ones I'd written down was that there's well the Harry being angsty and then that there's so little Hogwarts in book 7. I think yeah. that's and that's not it's like, you know, the book is totally good in its own right and so it's not like a it's not a problem. It's not like a fault with the book so much as just you know, you miss it when it's not there after having it in six previous books.
0: That's as totally far funny. as
1: skipping things when I read them. I don't. I, I don't really ever do that. But I, uh, I can, I can sympathize for sure with the umbrage in certain parts of book five.
0: I quite honestly, I hate to say this, but I just skip book five. If I'm just going to be honest about it, when I get there, I, I might kind of dabble a little bit in the early. Uh, order the phoenix kind of reveal and i might hop over to kind of relive that um honestly wild escapade into the department of mysteries where you've got a bunch of just like really inexperienced wizards and it's kind of a cobbled together crew of neville luna what the fuck are they doing there man that is not the place to be for any of them and it's just is like, the
1: dumbledore's what? army stuff in book five or is that in book six
0: I'm just trying
1: to remember oh, if, if at this point, are they already
0: trained it's up? Stro- I mean, if you want to call them trained up, it's strongly yeah. in book five. They, they create it okay, because okay. Umbridge refuses to teach them. And, right. okay. but I, still, they're just like, they're going up against fucking Voldemort's literal yeah. goons. <laughs> like it's just a wild thing to happen. And for them to, anyway, so I, I might dabble in that, but I just skipped that book. To get to kind of favorite moments. I do have a long list. I don't, so I'll just kind of, chomp through them and if you want to 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 tag one you know similarly but we talked about like the arc of dumbledore's relationship to harry i just think it's wonderful i think that you know come book 7 after his death you've got that like post post-mortem post-mortemness post. whatever post-dead um you know storytelling of what his youth was like and was he kind of manipulating harry and you know, I just think that it's it's just really wonderfully done. I think some of my other favorite moments from the book, the whole locket, R A B locket situation, where you, like I said, I thought that the whole idea of Dumbledore going with Harry on a on a covert mission was so tight. Yeah, and then for the and the ordeal that they have to go through, where they're fighting those zombies or whatever, it's just perfect and then for the locket to be a fake was such for me it was like a like i was for real like taken by that i was like <laughs> no way can that happen like there's got to be the payoff there but then when you add on the creature storytelling of 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 um of rab himself regulus of that story of how regulus and creature went mm. to the cave And how he had to like watch his master and how he had to like disapparate out or whatever. I mean, to honestly, right now, just even think about it it is so emotional, man. Like to have Regus, who's a character we never even see. We don't even know (laughs) him at all. But the story is so good that you instantly relate. And he's like a guy that kind of got mixed up with Voldemort, but then realizes like what's happening and wants to kind of get out and he gets, you know, he sacrifices himself as a martyr and, and he doesn't even get to see the locket destroyed. Like he, he has to leave it in the hands of creature. And it's just like, wow, it's so big that that's one of my favorite moments is when creature is just like killing himself over it. And then of course, to finish that arc, when I don't know, it's Harry or Hermione or whoever gives creature the, the fake locket, either the fake locket or the destroyed locket. I can't remember which one he gets. Um, but, but creature gets it. And he, at that point, he's just so happy about it that he like turns into a good dude and like cooks them food and treats them well. And we're not going to like get into the aspects of slavery or whatever. We're going to avoid that. But just the idea that like, you've got this change of pace. I just love that, man. I thought the arc of the locket was just, and then of course, when they actually kill the locket, where you've got the, you know, the temptation from Ron, and will he yeah. come through? And then of course the sword pulling. Love, <laughs> love the locket, man. Love. Yeah,
1: the locket. That's a good one. That's a especially good
0: one. Think- I'm I'm so sorry to talk so much about the locket, but especially coming off of the other, what were the other Horcruxes? We've got the diary, which at the time we didn't even know that that was the thing. And maybe even, you know, JK Rowling didn't even really, you know, know that that was going to be a thing or whatever, yeah. but regardless, we don't know that that's the thing. The ring gets torched off off screen. We don't even yep. really know. So this is really our first taste of a destruction of a locket. And so anyways, I just think the whole locket thing, one of my favorite moments. Um, Let me bounce it to the you one, if you have some favorites. One
1: I had written down, which is related to book six, which is the when Harry and Dumbledore go to recruit Slughorn to come teach.
0: Wow. I yeah. think it's
1: just like those, it's like, That book is really, it's primarily about the Harry Dumbledore relationship. And that's kind of like their first mission, you know, and Harry is just like, wow, I've never gotten to do something so cool with you. You know, you're just like the scary, but, you know, beloved professor um, and our headmaster. And now we're like, you're trusting me to help you with this recruiting job or whatever. And I don't know, that's like a pretty cool moment and kind of the first taste of their missions together.
0: And, of course, the movie kind of botches it with the awkward relationship shit in the subway and Dumbledore asking, like, if Harry, like, gets hard for girls or whatever. Like, it's super awkward. I don't anymore. remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly like that, but it's it's the the book dialogue when that's happening is awesome. Like, Dumbledore is standoffish and kind of but encouraging a little bit. And it's, it's a really great start to that. So I, I agree with you for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't actually. You know, it's been long enough since I've seen. I've I've probably only seen the later movies once. I didn't. I haven't revisited them very much. But yeah, I definitely feel like in the book, Dumbledore, even as he's letting Harry in, is still pretty enigmatic and like pretty distant. Even he, like he's cooling him in, but he's still kind of is a dick to right. Harry. And Fair. I think that's kind of a key part of the relationship. I don't remember it. I think he's a lot warmer in the movie. Maybe if I remember correctly. Yeah, or, or not even not a lot so. warmer. But it' was a, little, a little
0: friendlier I think you're right um you know we talked about the crying in book seven I did cry and that was the Snape memory where the he, big reveal where you get the reveal that he's had the this double of
1: yeah
0: bro I still get chills like thinking about that one that that absolutely got me and didn't didn't see it coming in the least bit. You know, up till that point, still thought Snape was definitely real bad. And like, honestly, the ultimate evil, like Voldemort, of course, whatever. Snape was the ultimate evil at that point in my heart. And then, bro, it's so well done, man. Because we've, you know, the movie, it's a little, we haven't, in the movie, we haven't gotten as many, um, uh, what is the Pensieve? We haven't got as many Pensieve moments. we got some for sure. We're aware of the Pensieve. But dude, by that time in the book, the Pensieve is like a character, you know? Like we've had yeah. a lot of journeys there. And mm-hmm. for him to to grab those memories, to go back up into the castle and kind of go on this little like mini side adventure for this, it's kind of like, bro, Harry, what are you doing? Like Voldemort <laughs> is going to kill you right now. Like let's, why are we... D- and then it's like, oh, bro, like, is it really necessary to like what's happening? Maybe not. But is it like the best character art twist to me? I think it is, man. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. And so for that, like I was for real crying and and I didn't cry. I don't think at any other part of the book. But that one, if I reread that section and I've re, rere- I've read, rere- I've, you know, I told you I read the first book many times. I've probably reread that section, like you said, probably 50 plus times just for that section and i will cry wow. every i will cry every single time
1: wow. it
0: is it is that powerful man because of legit because of the the real emotion man of the passion it's just you got to respect that passion dude <laughs>
1: i'm not tra- not trying to bring it down after you talking about what sounds like one of your no favorite moments no in the book, worries it didn't remind me of a least favorite oh not of that sure from the epilogue hmm Harry names his kid Albus Severus Potter.
0: Let's not go there, dude. I mean, yeah, that's
1: it's so corny. It's (laughs) and it doesn't even it doesn't doesn't flow. flow No, no, no. It's too many S sounds.
0: No, no, no. For sure, it's it's real um, rough. It's real rough. <laughs> that does uh, that does besmirch what's happening a little bit.
1: But man, I appreciate the tribute, but he should have done Albus Snape or something. I don't know. Yeah, Albus Severus, it's, it's too much. Damn. Um, anyways, but mm, yeah, mm-hmm. no, another one of my favorite moments that yep. I had was just the whole um serious black Peter Pettigrew switcheroo reveal bit at the end of book three because I mean. I feel like definitely as a kid, I was totally hook, line, and sinker. Sirius is a real bad dude.
0: I mean, you've got him like slashing the fat lady trying to get in. Like It's like, wow, this is a for real, like Harry could get like knifed, which is like so weird. Like Voldemort, you know, kind of like taking over whatever. Sirius coming out with like blunt objects and like trying to murder him. It's
1: for real. Yeah, and then also like having the payoff for Scabbers, oh, Ron's oh my dumbass God. rat, which you know who's there from the first time we meet Ron, Scabbers is there too. He's trying to turn him yellow, and then it turns out that he's been, you know, Peter Pettigrew the whole time. That's like a great, um, a great moment I think, and definitely a highlight of book three for me.
0: I was going to reference that that scene as a favorite movie scene. I think that mm. the movie actually does a really good job coming into the house and you've got serious looking fucking crazy very as well hell. cast. Very, well, very cast. well cast. And and Lupin, I'll never forget the line where um, Harry says something like, you, you know, Lupin's like talking about how he now believes or whatever. And he says, like, I didn't know until you told me you saw Peter Pettigrew on the map. And Harry says the map was lying and Sir- Lupin quickly says the map never lies. And he says it with like such vigor and great force that I love that scene so much. And then, you know, once Scabbers actually gets like revealed or whatever, it's okay. You know, Harry has like mercy or whatever, but that like the reveal, like what you're talking about, where Lupin buys in, Lupin's buddying serious. I thought it was one of the best parts of that movie. So I was a big, big fan. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great reveal. You know, for as much as people want to say, like, JK kind of, you know, made choices or whatever, like, that look kind of genius in retrospect about Scabbers, about, you know, the diary being a a horcrux, just being her kind of like making it up as she goes, dude, she makes it up very well, in my opinion. Like, she, if it it wasn't planned, I don't really care because it's done extremely well. So.
1: I dug it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, the whole making it up as you go along even as a concept, and we're talking about fictional things. I don't know how else sure. fiction is written. Yeah, who so, cares, man? People always say that about Lost. They're just making <laughs> it up as they go along. It's right. Like, yeah. That's how TV shows are written. They make honestly, it up as they go along. If
0: it's if it's so. dope, it's honestly almost even more impressive to make, because it's yeah. harder once you kind of start bearing yourself into tangents and storylines. It's hard to, to see those correct avenues or whatever. So I agree. Yep another favorite movie moment um which which I don't know I, I it, it's done differently than the book so if you really loved it in the book then maybe you don't love it as much um in the movie but the the mirror in the first movie mm. the mirror of that Earth. was one
1: where I had some nits to pick when I saw it.
0: I, I'm sure because it is quite different and they they trim yeah. it and you don't see yeah. as much I mean it's definitely yeah. different.
1: You're supposed to see, like, uncles and shit. You're supposed to, which
0: would have been, like, super cool if you actually saw, like, the big family. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it kind of goes back to how strong that Dumbledore actor was, where he's kind of talking him through it and his pacing of dialogue about, you know, whatever. Like, you might not see... The happiest person wouldn't see anything but himself or whatever. Just the lines are so clear and well done that... It's a very touching moment and Harry, you know, understands. And I want to say, well, actually in both parts, you know, Harry doesn't really learn his lesson. The mirror is taken away, right? Like he's never given the opportunity to go back and tells himself, no, I shouldn't. It's taken from him. So that's kind of, I think that's a cool aspect because, you know, 11 year old, it's almost like his first mark of like weakness a little bit, you know, that of temptation. And then for him to anyways, love that uh, part of the book, but also I just think the movie really does it well.
1: Yeah. No, I think I'm not saying it was a bad scene or anything, but just, that was one where I was really noticing the differences. Just I think in the first, the first movie, the thing is the first, first movie is very true and it does recreate a very good portion, but that almost makes things that aren't, that are left out stand out even more i think whereas like in the later books they cut out so much character whole characters whole storylines and whatnot that um you know it's there's too many things to count
0: for sure yeah. um you know we talked death one death that actually it didn't affect me as in terms of like i'm crying or whatever i just thought it was a great scene was moody's death when they you know harry has to be kind of taken from his house when the protection's going to end and they're going to go to the borough ultimately. And, you know, the cloning or whatever, polyjuice of the Harry's, whatever, that's fine. But when they go out and you get, you know, smashed by Voldemort's crew in full force, I guess Voldemort's not there at the beginning or whatever, but still, where you've got this like surprise attack. Again, I know that Snape was kind of like revealing intel, but I was like, oh, shit. I did not see the the fireworks going off at this moment, and for them to have to kind of battle, obviously Hagrid on his motorcycle—that's kind of a nostalgic thing from book one. So you've got that vibe to it, and then you yeah, get, that's
1: definitely a, just like one of the most action-packed like beginnings of anything.
0: It is intense, and then and then boom, Moody got got. You know, and it's it's one of the it's one of the first I guess primary deaths, but it's uh I thought it was really.
1: Justice for Hedwig, me She <laughs> dies at the exact same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me think about that. I know that the movie did it differently. Um, Hedwig kind of got sniped or whatever. I don't really understand the differences, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I don't
1: remember. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hedwig, uh, again, another one where I was like, mm, not, not, Hedwig's kind of a Dobby character to me. It's like, I know a lot of people love that character but head was just like whatever I don't really
1: care about her I think you, you kind of touched on this earlier and this is mm. kind of getting into maybe a, something that movies are lacking in okay our main trio okay of, of actors yeah you know you kid actors you You know it can be pretty hit or miss generally speaking you know you Absolutely. have your you have your Elliot's and E.T. That, that's a high watermark I'd say or like maybe like <laughs> okay um, some of the goonies like those are but then like sure i think like the the original trio they start out like solidly like middle of the pack like they're like solid child actors whatever or whatever and then as the movies go along they're just they're just really not very good and when the rest of the movie is filled with like the finest british actors available right it's it really stands out that i remember there being one specific scene I can't remember which uh, movie it's in where Daniel Radcliffe has to, he's like in Hogsmeade and he's like crying under the invisibility oh cloak. Oh yeah. And I want to say it's maybe five or something. Um, Maybe it's not. No, dude. are
0: you talking about like when he's crying about um learning Did, that Sirius killed his parents? That would be three. If you, if I okay, okay. picture. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't remember the context of the yeah. scene. I just remember it being terrible, terribly acted. Brutal, um, man.
0: <laughs> absolutely brutal.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think probably of the three, I like the Ron actor the best for the part. And I mean, I was definitely in love with Emma Watson as a, as a teenager, but, but I don't think course. she's a particularly good actor. No. Um, so, uh, and, but Dan is, Dan is tough.
0: Dude. It's, it's hard. He has a lot of hard scenes and, and I, I, I'm struggling honestly to think of a scene in the later movies where he he actually like triumphs. (laughs) I can't honestly think of one where I'm like excited by what he's doing there. Yeah, you know Ron and and Hermione. I think that for the characters that the movie scripts give them, I think they're pretty good. I I ultimately have some like grudges towards like what Ron gets turned into a little bit because I think Ron is. I don't know. I always thought that Ron was actually like the stronger character in some ways throughout the book series. Like he's got a lot going for him and he handles a lot of intense situations with poise and, and whatever. And then they kind of goofed him in the movies or whatever, but for what they're given, I do think that those actors did a, did a pretty good job, but yeah, that, and you know, I, I honestly, again, maybe this is going to pinch some nerves, but McGonagall's actress, also doesn't really do it for me i guess i think that early on like not not her acting but just kind of the lines that she's given towards the end you know i think they try to like put a lot on her shoulders when she has to she's kind of the dumbledore replacement right when dumbledore passes and i just think that it's a hard thing to do and i just not a huge fan um i think that really lupin and serious just pulls so much weight in terms of the acting prowess um yeah Everybody else is kind of, and of course, Snape. I mean, Snape. I yeah. think that that Rickman is just a class act. All they, I think that he's the, the best.
1: He's the best. It's the best casting. He's definitely the best character. I mean, I think he's the best in the whole series.
0: I think the it would be interesting. I I don't know if this is sacrilege, but. I think the Snape character, if, you know, whatever, if a TV series gets made or whatever, or if they do like a a movie a hundred years from now or whatever, I don't know.
1: I think think they're doing this TV show in like the next three years. Well, there you go. I'm not saying it's
0: a high probability, but I think Snape could even be done better. You know, not to discredit Rickman. I think he does a, a really good job, but just like my interpretation of him, It's a little scarier. I think that Rickman is, you know, maybe if you're like an eight year old, Rickman comes off as like scary. But as like a fourteen year old, it's It's a little more
1: campy or something. Yeah, it's like it's it's not an
0: intimidating presence to me. I guess. Yeah,
1: I think. But I think he's just. I think in the public imagination, Mm. he is inseparable from the character now. Like I think I could, I I can, I can imagine other people in most of the roles, but no one else is. His Snape really. So I think that's I don't know. Like it's fair. Or just the, also his vo- I think it's also his voice being yes. so iconic. Like he's such like a specific voice that it's kinda it's hard to uh hard to beat that. Well so- the
0: hardest thing is 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 probably is that twist where you've got because in the movies when you get flashback and he <laughs> I actually love how they do the scene where Voldemort I mean sorry where Snape discovers Lily's body and and just Rickman gives it his all, in my opinion. And it's dope as fuck. And he straight up just like steps over James, like almost kind of like kicks him on the way a little bit. Um, I thought it's so good, but you need a, You know, it's so hard. I was saying maybe a Snape that's a little scarier to do that twist and to feel like connected to them, you can't be too scary. You know, you have to be a little bit soft. And so Rickman plays that really, really well. So anyways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Ultimately the acting really suffers. I think that uh, the directing for the most part, I think they do a good job. They try to be pretty loyal. I think, I mean, it's not off the rails ever. So I think they try to be loyal and ultimately it's better than nothing for sure. In my opinion, I think that it's, it's a treat that we got to have that coming off the books. And uh, man, how about, I, we don't have to spend any time, but did you, did you happen to play the, the recent video game of, of
1: Hogwarts? I, I bought it and I played about a half hour. Oh, and I was like, Oh, this is good. And it's not, a, it's not a commentary on the quality of the game. I was like, Oh, this is good. I'm going to get into this. Didn't have the time. And then I, you know, yeah. Just living my busy adult life and i feel that it's it's, it's kind of like a, you know it's a big open world sort of thing so it, it really can suck a lot of time so I, I i still still there waiting for me on the ps5 but i haven't gotten back to it yet
0: that's fair man it's hard i was to gonna imagine. ask
1: have you seen any of the fantastic beasts movies that's
0: a great aside i i know for a fact i've seen the first one in full i think i started the second one and and honestly came off the first one being like don't really like that movie there like would say it's like a below average watch it i was excited to get back into the world and then i guess it's going to be crazy because i love historical fiction and i love anything that's kind of supplanting you in a different time but for some reason the combination of the historical fiction aspect and the Wizarding World just didn't click for me as something that I enjoyed, like the costuming or whatever. It just felt a lot, a little forced. So I, I wasn't a because
1: fan. I think it's because they're terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go,
1: man. If you want, I to think that good. yeah, I know. I think I, I think the first one. Some people actually like that one. Mm. I think that movie is is really bad, and I agree. It just doesn't. Something about it just doesn't work. It just feels kind of corny or something. It just doesn't have the same spirit i think it's like the main character is just i only can describe him as a cuck i don't know he's just like super Uh, not cool
0: i think the problem is is that we're trying to get into fully like adult wizarding world right but the main character still is like youthful exuberance and so there it's like if you're gonna go full in like if you're gonna give me i don't know i'm trying to name a character i was gonna say like if you want to give me like Hagrid's side mission stories, like where he's kind of having to go into some dark ass situations and be like that, like, that's one thing. But if you're going to like try to mature the world, but keep the main character, like a kind of naive, silly person, like child, like that's just not going to work, man. Like you kind of have to go all in.
1: Yeah. And I, and if you haven't seen two and three I can only tell you they are totally incoherent. Like they're so bad. They're almost unwatchable. I have absolutely
0: no plans to do so.
1: Perfect. That's the way to live. (laughs) (laughs) They're so bad. They were going to make five and I don't think they're going to make any more of them because they're so bad. Wow.
0: Well, I, I don't blame it. You know, it's it's uh, it's hard to resist the cash grab. And I was excited by the idea. You know, who doesn't want more of what we're talking about? But ultimately, like, it's a bit of a shame towards a TV series happening. I was thinking about this to myself. Like, if you were to take everything that's on the page, like literally the dialogue, the setting, whatever JK gives you, and you tried your very best to go you know, word by word on a TV series. I think it would work so well, Robinson. Like I'm, se- maybe yeah. that's just such a fanboy of me, but I seriously think if you just copy dialogue and put them and you got some, obviously a decent actor or whatever, I think it'd be just so fucking great. <laughs> I agree. And I think
1: I. it's funny because when the series came out, I sort of had mixed feelings and I was talking to Olivia about it and she was like, why? This is what we've always said. We wanted like the, longer full version of it and I think that's true and so I, I am sort of excited for it but I at the same time it just doesn't really feel like it's been long enough no to me. like no, I, it I, it's still so present in the Absolutely. mind and so like maybe if this was like 20 years down the road then it would be like okay the time has come let's do this from scratch but right now it's going to be okay like, the like are they going to change up the visual language like the the look of like every if we, are we going to have two different Hogwartses now? You know, like it's it's. I don't know how it's going to work. I, I could see that being an I
0: issue. Mean, but. You mentioned that Rickman is Snape. I mean, you can say that about all, and not in a good way, unfortunately. But you can say that about so many of the character. Obviously, Daniel Radcliffe being Harry. That's going to be just so bold to have anybody else. But even like Malfoy's character, you know, to see a different Bellatrix. Malfoy, Bellatrix for sure. I mean, Bellatrix doesn't get so much stage presence, but but Malfoy, dude, like that that one is going to be for, for some reason that was going to be like weird to me to not see who who we saw, even though I do think that Malfoy like in six and seven kind of stinks a little bit. But still, it's like, wow, I agree. There's not enough time, even as much as I want that, like give give some breathing room, man. Like, wh- I mean, yeah. when did the last uh, movie come out? Was it like 2010
1: like or 2011 or so? Was yeah. it they they two parted it. I remember. So I think, yeah, I was like part it's, one was like 2010 and part enough, two was 2011. Man.
0: It's, it's got a yeah. similar vibe. I mean, honestly, Lord of the Rings have, was even older and I know that the recent uh, shows don't, don't repeat the characters or whatever. I don't think at least, but still it's like, it's just too soon. Unfortunately, as much as we all want it, it's like, yeah, I, I, I agree with you fully for sure. Oh man. Well, I think, I think we stomped it, man.
1: I think so.
0: I think we got what we wanted to to get off of our chest. It's you know, unfortunately, uh, it's it's not every day that you find somebody that you can just bro down on the HP with. And so I'm I'm so glad that we got to finally.
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing me in. I appreciate the uh, the offer. I know I dropped the ball on a previous invitation, so this time I, I knew I had to stick the landing. So you clutched Glad that, we man. could talk through it. Dude,
0: I'm so glad to hear about like the the origin story in particular was was flames. So appreciate you. And uh hopefully we can uh cobble something else. You know, I know it's not gonna be as impassioned as this, but uh would love to have you back on for something else to dabble in.
1: Let's do it. Sounds good. All right, man. I'll catch you later. Thanks.